Two Geeks, Two Beers. Episode 62, James Bond Video Games. Mr. James Bond, right? Monsieur Largo. Are you a man who enjoys games? Depends with whom I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Shall we? Thanks. Professional hey. quality opener uh, this episode. Smooth. Alright. Cheers. Cheers. That's right. Yeah, not had that before. Well, hello, and welcome back to Two Geeks, Two Beers, with me, Morgan, and the Felix to my James. It's Tom. Hello. He's not lighter, but he is shorter. <laughs> it's mean. I wrote that. I I'm, no, yeah. I thought, is, that, is that mean? Yeah, no, no, I can't no. complain. <laughs> yes, with the latest 007 outing, No Time to Die, soon to hit cinemas, we return to the worlds of James Bond for the first time in how many episodes, do you reckon? Uh, 24. 39. Wow. 39 episodes. Head to twogeeks2beers.com or wherever you get your podcasts to catch up with our Geek's Guide to James Bond from back in September 2016. Wow. We were so much younger. And, that, and back then was when I cut myself. Yes, we made yeah. a terrible vodka martini yeah. and Tom sliced his thumb open trying to cut a lemon. <laughs> Smooth. Very suave. Uh, but this is also our first gaming episode for a little while. The last mm. one was nine episodes back. Yeah. Uh, because we're going to specifically be giving you a double overview of, good, thank you, thank you, of James Bond in video games. So the beers, yeah. uh, we're drinking Lowenbrau. I'd never heard of it, and I'm sure it's a very popular, famous beer. Well, it's, oh. it's a German beer, yeah. 5.2%, uh, from one of the world's oldest breweries, oh. in fact. Uh, it's described as a refreshing and mildly tart beer, <laughs> and James Bond drinks it in both the Ian Fleming novel Goldfinger and the short story The Living Daylights. And he is a bit of a tart himself. <laughs> it's man-tart, James yeah. Bond. So cheers. It's a nice lager, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice lager. Yeah. James Bond likes it. Nice if he likes it, then surely it's fine. Yeah, you know. After la- after last time, we weren't gonna <laughs> make another attempt, poor attempt at a vodka martini. So I thought we'd start off with a uh, potted history mm-hmm. of James Bond video games. Yeah. Now, okay. So I say James Bond video games. Yeah. What's immediately the first thing that comes to mind? Goldeneye. Of course, it's Goldeneye. Of course, yeah. it's Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will be touching on, but not going into too much detail about Goldeneye sixty four. So do you do you love do you love the best video uh, James Bond video game of all time, Goldeneye? Mm. Well, no point listening to this. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. I was like, James Bond video games can't even hear all the Goldeneye chat. <laughs> there will be some Goldeneye chat, yeah. but I I feel like in yeah. fact, calm down. All right, yeah, back off. I feel <laughs> like that game is so iconic and yeah. so genre defining that it should be reserved for an episode yeah, of its own. Reserved its own one. Yeah. So. Our big focus this episode, as I say, we will be talking about Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah just get off. Just, 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 just leave just, it. Just, just leave it. Yeah. But our big focus this episode will be the electronic arts era of Bond games uh, from 1999 to 2005. Oh, okay. And what most fans, I've written most fans, like, actually I think I mean just me, right. but some fans consider it to be the holy trinity of original mm. James Bond video game adventures. Okay. So, always oh, dear, I mean, what's been your experience with... 
James Bond video games. Well, I've got to say, there's only really. I never play Goldeneye. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, just Goldeneye. No, I've never Goldeneye. played Goldeneye. That's, that's the one, it's the only one I care about. I didn't have a Nintendo 64, so mm. I never played Goldeneye. I no. know that everyone says it's one of the best games of all time, let alone, you know. My best friend had a, uh, an N64, yeah. where I would play Goldeneye. But again, possibly why. I'm not as enamoured of Goldeneye as some people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but why I, some other games, which we'll be discussing mm-hmm. later on, why I hold them closer to my heart is because I didn't have an N64. Well, the only yeah, the only James Bond game I've played mm. is Everything or Nothing. Oh, that's coming up. That's um, co- you better believe that's coming up. Starring Piers Brosnan. And mm. I, to be honest, I can't really remember anything about it other than I really enjoyed it at the time. Right. But I do find it interesting that... Um, just those two I've mentioned. Mm. I, obviously, Pierce Brosnan was Bond around the time of these sort of games. Mm. So automatically, he's going to be the Bond that's going to be used in these sort of things. But I still find it funny that it's the Brosnan era, which is the the pinnacle of Bond games. I feel like, well, some would say the pinnacle of Bond. Well, I would. I, I would. Do you know, yeah. It gets a lot of stick these days, Bron. <laughs> very, very fashionable now to, yeah. to bash Bronholm. Even with Die Another Day. Yeah, I mean, even with that even in the equation, with that in there. put it, put it. Yeah. No, don't take it out of the equation. No, put it in the equation. Leave it in there. On balance, he's still, yeah. still one of the best. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna. I think when you're concluding, I'm gonna mm. wank on about why it's weird that there's never really been a great recent James Bond game. Well, thanks but for. I'll leave it for now. Yeah, well, thanks for <laughs> flagging, so I can prepare myself for that. <laughs> as can the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, stay till the end. If nothing else, then, then for that. I mean, this whole episode, you know that Bond bit where he's... Is it Roger Moore and he's getting that zero-G gravity thing? Moonraker, Moonraker. Yeah. This whole episode is that. It's going to be so fast-paced <laughs> you're gonna, mental. Yeah, you're going to be flinching with pain throughout. Uh, your face sort of weirdly distorted. Yeah. So the first ever James Bond game uh, released in the UK okay. was called Shaken But Not Stirred. But Not Stirred. But Not Stirred. Uh, it was a text... But, but Shaken But Not Stirred. Not just shaken, not stirred. Shaken, but not stirred. Mm. He doesn't say that. Some, well, sometimes he does. Does he? Yeah. So he goes, um, vodka martini, how would you like it? Shaken, but not stirred. In Spy Who Loved Me. Does he? Anya Masova says, shaken, but not stirred. But he stirred. doesn't say that. No, he doesn't say Yeah, because it doesn't sound as good, does it? I've only just started. <laughs> shaken, but not stirred. Shaken, not stirred. That's what, that's what the phrase is. <laughs> Was it it's t- like, if you called it James uh, Bond, my name is James Bond. <laughs> It's not, it's, not, it's not the phrase. It's close. It's <laughs> almost the phrase. Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> so you have a nice, delicate sense of humour, Valentine, huh? So shaken, but not stirred. I'm not, I'm not going to... It's the facts. I'm not going to change the facts. Um, it was a text adventure oh, right. <laughs> released to the ZX Spectrum in 1982. In shaken, but not stirred, uh, the player plays as James Bond yeah. and must prevent a plot by Dr. Death. Uh, who threatens to just... I mean, if you're going to be called that, then what chance have you got? It's nominative determinism, really, isn't it? Yeah. You're, you're going to be a bomb villain. Yeah. Uh, he threatens to destroy London with a nuclear warhead unless he receives a ransom. Essentially, it's a veiled remake of Thunderball oh, right. because you can never have too many of those. Because that's the only one they can get the rights to? No, I think, again, someone's just like, oh, right. bloody love Thunderball. Is, is Thunderball the best plot of all the Bond films? It I seems mean, to be the one that... Everyone... Textbook Bond. It is textbook okay. Bond. So this was like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type game where it's... Um, Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly, 
for Bond book nerds, mm. if any of those listening, uh, 007 could replenish his health in the game. You know, often in games, you know, there's something you, you pick up an item and it replenishes yeah, your health. A burger or something. Yeah, a burger, a chicken. Yeah. Uh, in this game, 007 could replenish his health by taking Benzedrine, uh, which was an amphetamine drug that the literary Bond uh, would occasionally use to give him a boost. Oh. It was the 1950s, just say no, kids. So, what do you have to type in the whole word? <laughs> no, that's that's, not, that's hard to spell. I'm dying. <laughs> Ben's a, Ben. What? What? <laughs> oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. Burner, burner. No, it's like I choose your own adventure one where it got where it got killed in the in the oven. James Bond. Yeah. James Bond got thrown in an oven. Cooked to death. Cooked to death. <laughs> so, so that was that was that. Uh-huh. Uh, the following year, 1983, uh, brought the first side-scrolling Bond video nice. game. For the Atari, the Commodore 64, and the ColecoVision, which always oh, makes yeah. me think of uh, yeah. Kenny in South Park, <laughs> yeah. who has a ColecoVision in 1997. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, Roger Moore era. Correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this was uh, James Bond 007. That was the name of the game. You remember that? Yeah, that's fine. All present correct? It's not, it's not the words. It's not like it's called 007. Uh, there's a bit in um, From Russia With Love, yeah. the, the film. Where uh, Robert Shaw, as, as Grant, Red Grant, he calls him 007. He's like, take it easy, 007. It's like they hadn't, they hadn't quite like, like solidified it yet that it's double 007. Yeah. They just sort of read it wrong. And no one, no one wanted to correct Robert Shaw. They're like, he's, ter- okay. he's, he's, he's terrifying and a great actor. Take it easy, 007. My escape route's only for one. It's like uh, Marlon Brando saying Krypton. <laughs> it's very impressive. The planet Krypton. He's like, take it easy, 007. It's like, it is double 007. What? No, nothing. N- nothing, Robert. Nothing, Robert. Nothing, Mr. Shaw. Mr. Shaw, if you please. <laughs> so, um. so the game James Bond 007 uh, featured four levels based on the films Diamonds Are Forever, The Spy Who Loved Me, oh, M- nice. Mo- Moonraker, and Four Your Eyes Only. That's great. Yeah, quite, yeah. quite forward thinking for the time. Yeah. It was produced by the developers Parker Brothers after a rival company, Western Technologies, failed to complete a game version of Octopussy, uh, which came out that same year. Though a review in 2014 from All Game called it Easily the worst cartridge in the Parker Brothers library of ColecoVision titles. And this is imagine, ColecoVision. Imagine. Oh dear. Not just the worst co- cartridge in the ColecoVision titles, oh, no. but of, of the Parker Brothers, ah. it, it is the worst. Oh dear. So let's have a little, oh, have a little glimpse a clip. at that. <laughs> wow. I made an effort with the jingles, by the way. What am I looking at? It's like Space Raiders. I mean, this is riveting. Where's James Bond? He's in that little. He's in that little car, I think. But it's in the in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say, modest beginnings for 007 in the world of video gaming. All right. Uh, you say Space Raiders. Space Invaders. Yeah, Space yeah. Raiders with the pickle what? onion crisps. Well stuff. Do you know what? I just fancy some of those. There's another British staple like James Bond. Yeah. Oh, a pack of pickled onion crisps oh, yeah, with these right beers. Oh. Oh. Should you do that from now on? Space Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's make that a tradition. Yeah, because... I mean, you'll, you'll love the, 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 the noise. The sound of us eating, because yeah. this podcast isn't ear candy enough. It's like ASMR. <laughs> Is it, though, with us doing it? Uh, our soul MR. Um, and between uh, 1985 and 1994, ten more James Bond games were released. Including weirdly two different versions of A View to a Kill, okay. uh, released in 1985. That was an 
an action game for the Spectrum and Commodore 64, and another text-based adventure game for MS-DOS, Macintosh, and Apple computers. Uh, here's a burst of the former. Okay. Good start, good start. Get, they got a license theme. for the theme tune. Yeah. Good. Very good. Yeah, a little bit of 8-bit Duran Duran. Yeah, it is good. Uh, there was also Goldfinger in 1986, which was again a text-based game. The Living Daylights, which was a platform shooter in 1987. 1988's Live and Let Die, which was a racing game, uh, not originally oh. intended as a Bond game. Uh, it was a rebranding of a game named Aqua Blast, which featured the protagonist driving a speedboat, similar to a sequence in the Roger Moore uh, movie. Easy. There was 1989's 007 License to Kill, which was a top-down vertical scrolling action shoot-em-up where Bond pursues the villain Sanchez through six levels. Uh, 1990's The Spy Who Loved Me, that was another top-down shooter which saw the player navigate Bond driving his modified Lotus Esprit from the movie. And in 1992, there were two video games based on the animated series James Bond Jr. Remember that? <laughs> James, James Bond. Bond. Junior. James Bond Junior. Uh, uh, that was on the NES and the Super NES. Games out of anything back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we also uh, we had two or sort of two original uh, Bond video game adventures during this time. There was 1990s Operation Stealth, although this was actually not a James Bond game at all, but merely retrofitted to be one for US release, oh. uh, and renamed James Bond 007: The Stealth Affair. And its <laughs> protagonist John Glames was renamed as James Bond, though. In the original game, he was a CIA agent, right. and in this retrofit for the US market, he remained a CIA agent. So no they just changed the name and cl- uh, pretended no it was a James no Bond game. Cares. It, yeah, it no wasn't one, no one unofficial, it's not canon, wow. but it does have an awesome theme. Alright. Gets even better now. That is good. <laughs> really good. Wow, that really is good. That is really good. <laughs> really made an effort. Yeah. Now people made an effort with video game music. It's primitive, obviously, but, but it, it, given, it works. Given how lazy it was to retrofit it as a James <laughs> yeah, Bond video like, game... Look, if we're going to do this, we're going to make an effort with the theme tune. The original game, fantastic. I guarantee you will now all have in your heads... Amazing. There was also James Bond 007 The Duel in 1993, which was really the first true original Bond adventure in video games. It was released while the film franchise was on unofficial hiatus... Uh, four years after the 1989 release of uh, the movie Licence to Kill, but still featuring Timothy Dalton ah. on its cover. Uh, the game was published by Domark for Sega's Mega Drive slash nice. Genesis and Master System consoles and the Game Gear handheld console. Remember the Game Gear? The game Gear. Game Gear. So was this... Um, I guess they just used his likeness. Well, yeah. It, it, you know, he's on the cover. He's on the cover. Yeah. He's in the. He's in the. He's in the menu screens. Yeah. Well, sort of. So the, the player controls James Bond through various side-scrolling enemy bases uh, to rescue female hostages and arm a bomb placed at a strategic point to destroy the base. Along the way, Bond must battle numerous thugs and familiar bosses, including Jaws and Oddjob.
just listen to these tunes all day. Yeah, 8-bit. I mean, it's a bit ropey. <laughs> I love that. Three options. Jump, fire, grenade. Grenade. Oh, I miss I miss the days of playing games like this. Get it from Blockbuster and see what happens. I have played this game and it's not. Oh, he's on a jetpack, is he? Mm. On a jetpack in a tuxedo for some reason. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, gonna fight enemies, you might as well get swarmed. not dead. You meant to do that. <laughs> Is he cheating by going underwater? No, because oh, right. it's probably like a, a pro tip okay. rather than a cheat. Yeah. Oh, he's rescued the woman. She's disappeared. Looks like he just sexually harassed her. I did a bit. I mean, it's James Bond. He probably did. <laughs> so you, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, if you can, it's worth looking up a gameplay video of this online just to see the terrifying melted waxwork of Timothy Dalton yeah, no. in the title screen. He's got a little, um, the little hair lick, whatever you call it, yeah. the, the dropping down. The there. little comma. Yeah. But James Bond video games, of course we are getting to it, <laughs> truly came into their own during the short but sweet Nintendo era mm -hmm. of 1995 to 1998, and specifically the release of... Goldeneye. Goldeneye 007. Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing GoldenEye 007 and the first Bond adventure where you direct the action. Do you know how to use one of these? Shot by shot by shot. Load a rumble pack and see how it feels when 007 meets Nintendo 64. Weirdly, and I, I, I only found this out, researching for this episode, mm. released almost two years after the film came yeah, out. It's weird, isn't it? We really, ca really cashing in on that yeah. GoldenEye buzz. Because yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies came out in, was it The World Is Not Enough? Whichever one it is. That came out in 97. Tomorrow, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. Why didn't they do that? Oh, because they, they had to do all the de <laughs> development. Did it take that long? Yeah, in those <laughs> days it did. And to be fair, if it's going to take that long, yeah. you might as well yeah. uh, release GoldenEye 007. Uh, it was developed by Rare and released for the Nintendo 64, or N64 if you're cool, yeah. uh, in August 1997. Uh, it featured a free-roaming first-person story mode and famously a split-screen multiplayer mode in which four players could compete in different types of deathmatch games. So much fun. Did you ever uh, play with your friends where one of you was Jaws? The other was odd never job. played it, mate. Never played no, GoldenEye played it, mate. at all? No, never. You look now honestly, I'm, the face that Morgan's pulling at me right now. Now is. I'm now I'm the one like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Talk more about Goldeneye. How did you never play I don't Goldeneye? know, it just never came up. Never I, I thought you were like, oh, I didn't play it much. No, no. Literally never played it. No. Plus I've never been never been that bothered about games like those sort of you know, where you've got all the multiplayer and you're all like you know like Call of Duty. Or or, like Time Splitters. Yeah. Well never, you mean all those great games? I mean yeah, I know I'm the minority here, but like I've just never like I don't know, never You're the minority. <laughs> The wrong minority. So. I'm sorry, everyone. So. It had a great, basically, had a great multiplayer deathmatch mode. And it was fun. If, if one of you was. <laughs> he sounded like then. He sounded like David Brent when he was talking about Nelson Mandela. Like, he's a great guy. Nelson Mandela's a great guy, is what I'm saying. Gold Knight is a great game. It is a great game. So. Okay. If one of you played as Jaws, yeah. one of you played as Odd Job, obviously, one of you's really tall, one of you's really short, yeah. and you just can't hit each other. It's pretty fun. <laughs> that was it. Wasn't worth the wait. Um, so Goldeneye... So, hang on, so Goldeneye brings back all these old characters? Only in multiplayer deathmatch oh, okay. mode. Oh, yeah. okay. 
you can play as all kinds of different characters right. from across the Bondverse. Uh, so if you played it, you'd know. Um, so <laughs> if you're an actual nerd, you actually know these things. <laughs> so GoldenEye 007 is now frequently cited as one of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, it's seen as pioneering for proving that first-person shooters could be a viable prospect on consoles, not just in arcades, yeah. you know, with light guns, and introducing features to the genre such as atmospheric single-player missions, stealth elements, and the console multiplayer deathmatch mode, which, I was talking about before, uh, which is something retained in almost all Bond games that followed. Was Pierce Brosnan? Could you hear him in it? Or well, no, and this is this will be a sticking point uh. as as we. As we proceed, okay. so it's 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 uh, first-person shooter, so you don't see Bond, um, yeah. it, but Pierce Brosnan's uh, likeness, uh, which is a word I <laughs> read a lot researching this, his likeness yeah. um, does appear throughout the game in terms of like you know you see his picture and like but the, they just the loading like, screen. They just look like rectangles back then, didn't they? No, no, this is like. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've put up next. Ready for this nostalgia rush? For me, it is. For you, it's, it's, it's brand new information. <laughs> So, here's what it looked like. Alright. Oh, it's so good. Oh, makes my toes tingle. Let's see what this 64 bit's all about, shall we? Oh, wow. He missed. <laughs> he did miss. See, like, right, it's so got a picture up here wow. as a loading screen. They picked agent. What are the other options? The harder ones. Oh, secret agent, double O agent. I think. Oh, okay, all right, I got it. Oh, I was always agent, I'd always played like whatever. Yeah. Decent effects, that. Yeah, so GoldenEye won rave reviews uh, <laughs> and many awards. It became the third best-selling N64 game ever, behind only... Zelda. No, Super Mario 64 oh, and course. Mario Kart 64. Yeah, and it grossed uh, $250 million worldwide. But it's mad to think that a game of like this level of sophistication and that quality of gameplay came just three years after mm. the duel, that, that Mega Drive yeah, game we saw. Yeah, shows how... Uh, mad. Yeah. But, but, more on GoldenEye 64 another day. Okay. And this is the point yeah, of, This is the point at which most people we'll switch, switch off. off. But don't, there's really good stuff coming. Tom's rant, if nothing I'm, else. Yeah, yeah. you can't wait for my rant. <laughs> you, can't, you can't wait for the rant. <laughs> so, between 1998 and 2001, six more Bond games were released. They were really... So this must all be Brosnan then? Because yeah. it's uh, Bond. Yeah. Unless well, a generic Bond with Brosnan no being Brosnan being Bond very much um, coincided with like the modern era yeah. of video games. Yeah. Um, uh, so most notably, Electronic Arts again, EA Games, they, uh, they published uh, 007 video games from 1999 onwards, including the third person shooter, Tomorrow Never Dies. So that was on the PlayStation in 1999. Two again, years again. Two years later, yeah. when The World Is Not Enough came out. Yeah. Um, there was a first person shooter version of The World Is Not Enough for PS1 and N64. That was in 2000. So that was just one year after the film came out. But it didn't do as well? Uh, well no, it was fairly popular at the time. Yeah. Uh, there was also another The World Is Not Enough game for the Game Boy Color in 2001. Uh, there was also another game called James Bond 007 for the Game Boy in 1998. 
007 Racing uh, for the PlayStation in 2000. Uh, that was a racing game featuring Bond's famous vehicles such as the Aston Martin oh, okay. DB5, the Lexus yeah. Spree. I was picturing some sort of like Mario Kart scenario <laughs> where it's just like Bond in this weird like. <laughs> Why was I thinking like I was thinking it was Mario Kart yeah. but with Bond in it? Yeah. And and like yeah, Jaws and and. You could have gone Need for Speed, but yeah. you went you went Mario. Kart. I went Mario Kart. You got odd job in a car. You got like um. Yeah, Money Penny. They're all like <laughs> Money Penny is very much the Princess Peach. They're all, yeah, all throwing. What is it? They throw in Mario Kart at each other. I don't know. You don't know anything about anything. Nah. <laughs> so in this game, <laughs> in this game, uh, uh, it, it actually it featured John Cleese as R, nice. which was his sort of like interim before he became yeah. Q, um, and featured the likeness again that word uh, though not the voice of Pierce Brosnan uh, with Tim Bentink he voiced 007 as he had uh, for The War Is Not Enough on PS1 and N64 was he, was he Brosnan or just uh, I just didn't want to do it couldn't be bothered yeah, could be bothered although later on he changed his tune Good. did Bronholm which brings us finally we have a drink oh. <laughs> to yeah. the chief focus of these episodes the holy trinity okay. in my eyes yeah. the first of my beloved James Bond trilogy of games. It's Agent Under Fire. Right. Agent Under Fire. Uh, James Bond 007, Agent Under Fire, to give it its full title. It was a first-person shooter, developed and published by Electronic Arts. It was released for PlayStation 2 in 2001, and then later the GameCube and the Xbox in 2002, uh, with single-player story mode and a multiplayer mode. It was the fourth Bond game, which was not based on a film or book in the James Bond series, uh, following the duel James Bond 007 and 007 Racing, which is nothing like Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> but it should be. Unlike previous Bond games, which featured the likeness of then-current Bond actor Pierce Brosnan, Agent Under Fire used the voice of Adam Blackwood as 007 and the likeness, again that word, of English actor Andrew Bicknell oh. for Bond. Uh, Pierce Brosnan had not renewed his contract to appear as the Bond likeness in these game in okay. this game. Uh, apparently the studio's original plan, I found out, was to bring back Roger Moore <laughs> to reprise his role as Bond. Oh, that would have been great. I don't know if he would have been like super old by this point or if they would have used him. I know. think they would have gone as live and let die here, right? At the very least. I just had him really, sounding really old. More on that later. Um so you sort of had like uh, this Bond that was no Bond in particular. Yeah. He sort of because you had this this guy who wasn't a you know an established screen Bond yeah. do, as, as the likeness, someone else doing the voice. But I actually I actually it's pref- good though. Well, I prefer that yeah. to when you have a movie Bond likeness, yeah. but not the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have that, you have the kind of uncanny valley effect of like, well, it looks like Pierce Brosnan, but I know that's not Pierce Brosnan because it sound, doesn't sound like him. Well, there's um. There's a new Avengers game coming soon. Right, yeah. Which looks a bit weird. Yeah. Because you know the Avengers so well from the movie. Yeah. But it's um yeah, they're not they're not it's not based on the movies. No. It's like a separate thing. So no. it's it's different. But if they if they if, different voices. If they looks like Downey yeah, Jr. and Hemsworth but different voice, no. It would make sense. This I liked because you had a a generic bond. And I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. It yeah. was it was he was you can kind of like go, Well, this is just Bond. Yeah. You don't associate well, with Doctor anyone else. have done unofficial spin-offs, haven't they, where, like the, the Richard E. Grant cartoon or whatever it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it, yeah. it, it works as its own thing. I love it as you drawing that Lincoln on my... <laughs> Never thought you'd be the one to bring up Scream of the Shalker, <laughs> but thanks for that. Um, so this is a look at, uh, at uh, Andrew Bicknell, the forgotten Bond. This is what he looked like when he was, uh, you know, in, in video game form. Would you, would you make of that? I mean... He looks pretty suave. Yeah. You have to admit, look just, at that. It just, I mean, it's very... 
of its time. <laughs> um, but so they've made this up. This isn't based on a real person's face. We. I literally just said it was this guy Andrew Brick. No, but is it actually his face, or they just? What else would it be? I don't know. It might just. <laughs> what do you mean? I literally, just, I literally just said it. You even listening? I literally just said it was his face. Okay, well. Um, and someone else. Have you got voice. his real face to compare? I it can. To? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, this is what he looks like now. At least you're going to say like, that looks nothing like okay. him, but that is what he looks like now. So, so <laughs> you have no point. That's looks, like having a photo of Albert Einstein when he was like a kid, and they go, that's what he looks like at the end. He looks like now looks he, nothing like him. He looks like Dennis Waterman. He yeah, doesn't look at, like at James best. Bond. I mean, but yeah. you can see yeah. when he was younger. Yeah, uh, was he the only one around? <laughs> well, Brosnan wasn't. They had to get someone in. Uh, Rufus Sewell would have done it. Yeah. yeah. Not not for the money. Um, so I, I wrongly assumed that, that this was like a sort of generic bond that they just cooked yeah. up cooked up in a lab. Um, the one that appears. But that's what I fire. mean is that because it's so unofficial, mm. they might as well just made it up. It's weird that they went out of their way to get this actor that no one's ever heard of and and make a likeness based on him. Andrew Bicknell. I'm so sorry. First of all, he's but like, you know I mean? is that even a real face? And then he's like, <laughs> you, who are you, Bicknell? Do you know what I mean? It's like. Why go out of your way to be like someone that no one knows what he looks like? Just make it up. If you told me that it was just a, a face that they put together well, as a generic James Bond, that's fine. In, in the press at the time. No, we've got to make it look exactly like Andrew Bicknell. In the press at the time, most people did think it was just a... Well, yeah, obviously. That's what yeah, I thought. They thought it was just a generic Bond cooked up in a, oh, yeah. in a computer lab. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was Bicknell. Bickers all the way. So... <laughs> Uh, so Adam Blackwood voiced Bond uh, in, in this game and also in The World Is Not Enough uh, so what did Bicknell do? sort of raised an eyebrow he, they scanned his face so he, he was the face of, of Bond this is what I mean so was he a model? I, no he's an actor but he was an actor didn't do any acting in the in the thing well what, what are you saying they're like oh, oh what Andy Serkis? Is, well, he, not, is he not doing acting? If they're not you any, snob. If they're not going to get any acting involved... There is acting involved. But raising an eyebrow. So do you think actors who aren't... Du- Sam Jones from Flash Gordon, was he not acting? I mean, but he, he actually, actually, no, he wasn't acting. But Bicknell's but, doing nothing in this. Yeah, what are you talking about, Bicknell? Bicknell is, is acting his socks But it's just his face. He's been robbed of the actor's greatest gift, all the, the voice. Yeah, but he's not doing it. It's, it's not like video games now where you got all the sorts going on. You this don't know. Just... You don't know. I'm just saying, what they could have done is if all it was was someone's likeness and an eyebrow moving yeah. up and down, they could have hired the model that looks exactly like Bond, I but they went out of their way to find an actor to do no acting. It's very strange I believe, decisions. I can't believe you're denigrating Bicknell's work in I'm, this way. I'm sure Bicknell's a great actor. I'm sure he's a great guy. It's just very strange that they went out. He doesn't look that good as Bond. I think he looks great. <laughs> Adam Blackwood voiced Bond in this game in Agent Under Fire which is what we're talking about uh, and in The World Is Not Enough 007 Racing and Tomorrow Never Dies and played Tok in the Blake 7 episode Assassin and Balazar in Doctor Who Trial of a Time Lord for all the Doctor Who fans out there uh, Bicknell yeah. who you've now besmirched um, he's, he's still acting Bickers I'm sorry he, he's uh, recently appeared in Grantchester The Royals Victoria and SSGB uh, but more more on Bicknell later. Okay, so Bicknell is, fans will be pleased to hear. Is he like Pete Best? Is he like the unofficial Bond? Or, very much like you said, like Richard E. Grant, yeah. the Schalke doctor. Or Bob Holness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yes. Uh, Radio Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Radio Bond. Um, 
So in Agent Under Fire... You alright? Yeah, I'm a bit drunk. <laughs> uh, so in Agent Under Fire... You're not used to the beer after your dry January, are you? No, and I think you've just been talking so much that I just keep <laughs> drinking. Fuck it out. <laughs> so... <laughs> You went on fine. I'll the, just sit here the, silent for the rest of the podcast. The Bick the Bicknell rant went on so long. I was just drinking during that entire tirade. So, <sighs> so in Agent Under Fire, John Cleese uh, was was due to play R again in the game, yeah. uh, but due to copyright reasons, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Uh, he was later removed and replaced by a generic Q character. Though confusingly, Cleese did appear in live action in commercials for the game. Oh, that's embarrassing. This is something, something quite special. Okay. Uh, Seven, how did you come to ruin this little beauty? Where exactly is the rest of this? That's good. I suppose that's great. you can explain this. <laughs> oh, James. <laughs> oh, dear. Nintendo GameCube, Xbox, and PlayStation 2. Uh, those, those were the days, weren't they? Even as a kid, I remember thinking, like, it's embarrassing for Cleese. Why is he doing the ads? He's not in the game. Even then, I was like, that's weird. Do you think he actually filmed all his bits? And then at the last minute, they were like... Apparently he did. He did, he did all the voice work. He, oh, embarrassing. He provided his likeness. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't doing any real acting anyway, according to Tom. Video game acting is not real acting. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. <laughs> Because you said there was another guy doing the voice. Yeah, there was. Which makes no sense. It's like if you hired John Cleese right. to do a bit of looking, but no <laughs> Do voice. a bit of looking. Do you know what I mean? Do, a, do a bit of looking. Sort of looking about and like motion capture with no voice work. You might as well just hire anyone to do that. Wow. So I'm not, I'm not dissing anyone. I just don't see the point of hiring an actor if anything, of say- fictional stature <laughs> to do nothing. Like, you might as well have just got it. I could have done it for free. Well, not uh, saying I'm James Bond, but you know. I, I don't think you're even Andrew Bicknell. <laughs> I was eight years old. <laughs> so at an eight-year-old, you could probably do a bit of looking. Bit of looking. <laughs> left to right. Makes sense in my head. So, in the game, after rescuing a CIA agent being held hostage, Bond travels the globe in pursuit of Nigel Block, a brilliant madman who is working with a mysterious corporation in a plot involving cloning, kidnapping, and poni- political yeah. manipulation. That is hard to say. Not political manipulation. Who decides when you're a brilliant madman? That's what I want to know. A what? A brilliant madman. That's not what you said either. What did I say? A blur man there. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who came out of that? It's like a brilliant madman. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Who, who well, decides? No, I think, I think what that phrase means is he is both brilliant, as in like super really smart, clever. but also he's nuts. Um, I don't think it means like you're really good at being a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like as Mad Men go as Mad Men go it's you and John Hamm he, he is the best he is the best it's best at it <laughs> anywho what am I looking at oh sexy lady getting undressed oh okay I mean <laughs> that is a Henry Cavill eyebrow twitch is that Bickers Bickers you boy uh, see here she is these are private quarters. Sorry, miss. I'm with the new security team sent by the Home Office. I seem to have taken a wrong turn. Is that the best voice work they can get? That was Blackwood, though, not Bicknell. Shall have a go at Bicknell. Have a go at Blackwood all you like. <laughs> but how bad was Bicknell's voice that they couldn't that use wasn't... it? No, I'm saying, how bad was it that they got that guy to do it instead? 
I'm sorry, miss. I seem to have walked into the wrong room. Sorry, are you James Bond? Bicknell, Don't sound like James Bond. Bicknell wasn't enough. You had to go, go on, off. on Blackwood now. <laughs> but then, no. Sorry, that voice work was not very good, was it? It's not It's not the best. It makes Lazenby sound great. <laughs> Lazenby does sound great. <laughs> so why I love this game, which is what this episode <laughs> is supposed sure to be really about, good. I'm sure it's really good. is it... It felt, for the first time, as much as I love Goldeneye, this felt like a truly immersive Bond experience. Goldeneye was very, like, sort of mission-led. And the missions were great, but here there was action, but there was also humour. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit where Bond just sort of stops to massage a woman, and, and, you, and you get some points for doing that. What, you do the massaging? Yeah, he, like, walks in, and, and like in Thunderball, and she's like, are you my masseuse? Yes. Never say never again, actually, not Thunderball, rookie error. And, and he's like, yeah. That's me. Yeah, I'm totally here for the massage. Which is fine if you're James Bond. Yeah. And he gives her a little massage and, you, and it goes, burner, burner. You get some Bond points for being suave. Is that what Bond points means? <laughs> I don't think they actually call it Bond points in the game. But, but this is what uh, I, Goldeneye was like, you take, you do a mission, you complete the mission. It's great. It, it's got all kind of like the trappings of Bond, but it is a, a great first person shooter, yeah. but essentially a generic first person shooter. Okay. Whereas this ha- feels more like like immersed, as I say, in the, okay. in the Bond universe. It actually feels like you're you are James Bond. Yeah. But interestingly, given that it's the first truly great original uh, Bond game, it didn't start out as such. <laughs> it did not start out as such. Uh, Agent Under Fire originally started as the PS2 and PC versions of The World Is Not Enough game. Oh. Uh, but cutbacks and rearrangements at EA saw development of The World Is Not Enough PS2 version postponed and eventually cancelled. Later, once the troubles at EA had settled down, a new development team was put together, building a new story using the unfinished World Is Not Enough engine for the new title. Uh, but there are some hangovers from that. So Nigel Block's character, his character model is essentially a modified Renard, which is uh, Robert Carlyle's character. While the villainess Adrian Malprave is similar in look and character to Electric King uh, from The War's Not Enough. And there are other familiar looking locations, weapons and musical stings. Uh, the game was also heavily influenced by Goldeneye 007. Why so good? Yeah. Uh, EA stated in several gaming magazines that Bond will be going back to its roots uh, as the game was originally designed to be a true successor to the iconic 1997 video game. Cincinnati Inquirer. You want to hear what the Cincinnati Inquirer I mean, has to say? Yeah, of all the Inquirers, Cincinnati is where it's at. They called uh, the PlayStation 2 version of Agent on Fire slick, sexy, jam-packed with action. Brilliant. Uh, well, FHM gave the PS2 version three stars out of five, saying there's the usual mix of chicks. Chicks. There's the usual mix. <laughs> there's the usual mix of chicks, cars, and guns to keep even the most special of agents happy. Okay. Um, and Maxim also gave the PS2 version six out of ten because apparently Agent Under Fire was reviewed exclusively by lads, Max. There you go. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> what did nuts have to say about? <laughs> what did Zoo have to say? Yeah. Arena. Next up. Yeah. Nightfire. Okay. Agent Under Fire's story arc, you'll like this, was continued <laughs> nice. in the direct sequel, Nightfire, which was released just a year later. So Bickers is back? Glad you brought it up. Oh, no. So, Scandal? A little bit. So Nightfire is... realised it was a really weird idea and they just <laughs> did something else? Nightfire is a first-person shooter video game. Uh, it has, again, single uh, single-player story mode and a multiplayer mode. It was published... By EA in 2002 and available on the PC, the Mac, PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox and the Game Boy Advance. Uh, it had been in development as early as September 2000 
but by February 2002, it had a working title, James Bond in Phoenix Rising. Um, but the game's final title, Nightfire, was unveiled in May 2002. Now, Andrew Bicknell, his yeah. version of Bond, the great lost Bond that is Andrew Bicknell's Bond, was due to appear in Nightfire. Well, I'd, I'd assume so, because it's the same Bond as the previous And game. because he contributed so much in the I last was, game. Yeah. But like, we've got to get Bickers back. Yeah. Um, but uh, Pierce Brosnan, at the time, signed on to appear uh, in another Bond film, yeah. Die Another Day, at the same time, yeah. gave them the, the rights to use his likeness. So now, he's, now he's up for it. So they got the rights to use Brosnan's likeness, yeah. though not his voice, and so Bicknell was dropped. Hmm. Cruelly dropped. Bicknell was like, right, I'm up for it. What do you need me to do? Look left, look right, I'm here. I'm here for you. And they were like... <laughs> but this is what I mean. Yeah. This is what I mean. It's like... I understand doing it at Brosnan because he, he, everyone knows his face as Bond. It's shit without his voice, granted, but yeah. at least it's his face. Bickers, no one knows what he looks like anyway, so he might as well just got the guy... How bad did Blackwell, Blackwood look? Well, I mean, he might have looked just nothing like James Bond. Make it up then. It's just the effort of going in, of getting in another guy. You don't know. You don't know how it works. What if it's more effort to like make up a face? It sounds like it sounds, sounds hard. You can make it in The Sims. <laughs> but you don't build a face. You in the do. S- do you? Yeah. <laughs> However, <laughs> Brosnan still um. did not voice Bond in Nightfire. Uh, vocals instead were provided by Maxwell Caulfield, star of Grease 2. Yes! When you said his name, I was like, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. Grease 2. He played the Travolta role, not yeah. literally the Travolta role, but like no. the Travolta equivalent in Grease 2. Uh, later appeared in Casualty as Jim Brody from 2003-2004 and Emmerdale's Mark Wilde from 2009-10. Right. Also for Spider-Man geeks, uh, he provided the voice of Alistair Smythe uh, in the 90s Spidey animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this was the first Bond video game sequel uh, and featured several characters introduced in the previous game, Agent Under Fire. It also featured a small Easter egg relating to the previous game uh, in an underwater level. Uh, you see a sunken ship that has the logo of Malprave Industries, uh, which was the company owned by the antagonist in Agent Under oh, Fire. of course. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Nightfire was also the first James Bond video game to have its own original theme song. Good. This is Nearly Civilised by Canadian trip-hop vocalist Estero. Merely civilised. I mean, it's a slice of great 90s trip-hop, or early noughties trip-hop. Yeah. It's not a Bond theme, is it? Better than Sam Smith, though. It is better than Sam Better than Rita Coolidge. <laughs> Made an effort. They've got a whole title sequence and yeah. everything. Really good. Great. Yeah. I like that. So in Nightfire, James Bond is on a mission to investigate uh, a stolen space weapon platform. Uh, Raphael Drake, who is an industrialist that takes on a job to disarm nuclear missiles, is suspected of secretly using them to start a nuclear holocaust. The dick. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. I'd ask you to join us, Mr. Bond, but my waste caviar on a man who won't live long enough to enjoy it. Give mine to Kiko. She's earned it. <laughs> Don't take it personally. Women have an advantage, you see. They can blind us with love, but that's why we have other eyes to watch them. 
like the hidden camera in the stairwell leading to the helipad. I don't understand, Rafael. Please, don't insult me further. It's a pity. I fell quite hard for you. And now it's time you did the same for me. Goodbye, Dominique. Use the helipad and take care of the body. No! It's futile, Mr. Bond. You've seen too much of my operation to live. But I wanted you to enjoy this moment first. Kill one. Oh. Yeah, it is weird seeing Piers Brosnan's face without hearing his voice. It's gene- Just, generic. Uh, yeah, it needs it needs the Bronholm grunt. Uh, uh, there's no point in living if you can't feel alive. Isn't that right? Isn't that your motto? <laughs> so <laughs> uncanny. <laughs> Better than that. So didn't you interview Piers Brosnan in your pants? <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah, I had to interview Piers Brosnan on the phone once, and he was in Miami or some shit. And it was really early, so I was in my pants. <laughs> he was Piers Brosnan, and I was in my pants. So, Nightfire, I would say, if you look at it, it is the superior game. It's, it's a, it, you know, it's more, it's more advanced yeah. than Agent Under Fire. Yeah. But for me, it doesn't have quite the same nostalgia value. I think because I, I, I fell in love with Agent on Fire and, and it, you know what it's like when you just have like a, a certain game and you just play it again and again and again yeah. and you really love it for me that was Agent on Fire although Nightfire don't get me wrong a very strong sequel Nightfire is, is well remembered uh, in, in 2017 The Telegraph the te- for some reason wrote an article <laughs> why are they getting involved yeah they wrote this article this guy was just like I want to write about Nightfire <laughs> in 2017 he just believed in and it someone was just like alright um, yeah, but who commissioned that um, <laughs> but it's a good article um, Nightfire how a forgotten video game could save the James Bond films from terminal mediocrity um, and in this article uh, the writer suggests that the film series should adapt Nightfire for the screen praising the game's strong female characters its memorable henchman Armitage Rook and its excellent set pieces including a snowmobile chase and Bond's infiltration of a nuclear power plant crawling with snipers so Nightfire was followed by what I consider, and I think you probably consider well, as well. It's the only one I know. <laughs> by, by default. As the charlatans once said. Uh, <laughs> the only... Uh, to, it's what we both consider to be, two geeks approved, to be the pinnacle... By default. <laughs> to be the pinnacle of James Bond games. Yes. 2003's Everything or oh, Nothing. 2003. Yeah. That was late in the day, wasn't mm. it? <laughs> 17 years ago. So this was after Dying of the Day. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it's a sequel to Die Another Day. Well, no, thank goodness. No, but it sort of is. Well, it's, it's the follow-up, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's not the same thing. Um, it's a third-person shooter featuring the likeness and, and the, the voice, voice of Pierce Brosnan. This is the voice <laughs> of Pierce Brosnan. Released for the GameCube, PlayStation 2 and Xbox consoles, with a version also released on Game Boy Advance. Uh, it had a script written by Bond screenwriter Bruce Fairstein, who wrote Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, he was also the co-writer on Goldeneye and The World Is Not Enough. The proper people involved. Proper people. Like, you know. Proper people. Yeah. Eon, as I'm going to call it from now on, yeah. uh, is technically, as you say, came after Dying of the Day, Brosnan's last yeah. outing as James Bond. Yeah. And in my opinion, a much stronger send-off than yeah. Dying of the Day for, yeah. for Brosnan's Bond. 
weirdly, with a more high-profile cast yeah. attached than that major motion picture. Yeah. So <laughs> what is that about? I don't know. So it was named. Yeah. It was named after the production company Eon, which made the James Bond films, uh, and it's the second Bond game played in third person after Tomorrow Never Dies, and is the first Bond game to feature a two-player cooperative mode. Uh, includes twenty-nine missions as well as four unlockable bonus missions. So some trivia. <laughs> Uh, everything or nothing's game engine evolved from the engine used in Agent on Fire uh, with driving sections based on the engine from Need for Speed oh. not Mario Kart <laughs> so in the game 007 and uh, Bond girl Serena St. Germain discover that nanobots designed to repair nuclear reactors have been stolen by the villain Nikolai Diavolo together uh, Bond and St. Germain set off to New Orleans and beyond to confront Diavolo. Nanobots were very much the early noughties. Uh, yeah. They? yeah. They, they, they always have some nuclear shit. Yeah. Right. Nanobots. Some nanobots. Yeah. Landing zone is cleared for arrival. Still looks pretty good now. Yeah. Effort. Dame Judy Dench. So for the first time in any James Bond game, Electronic Arts, they hired actors to model the characters after, as well as their Good. voice talents. Good. Yeah. Why, why is it taking this long? Well, I mean, <laughs> that presumes that Bicknell was not an actor. Again, Wikipedia now, slamming Bicknell. <laughs> no, imagine why are you getting the original actors? So, well, money, I imagine. But this, this game had Bronholm, yeah. but also Judy Dench as M, Dame yeah. Judy Dench. Dame. John Cleese as Q. Also... Shannon Elizabeth yeah. as Serena St. Germain. Big yeah. deal in the noughties. Yeah. Uh, Heidi Klum yeah. as Oxford nanotechnology scientist Katya Nadanova. And Willem Dafoe as, 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 as Nikolai Diavolo. Now, like, Halle Berry won an Oscar while she was filming Dying of the, yeah. uh, Dying of the Day, I believe. But she wasn't, like, a huge, huge name no. prior to that. And you, Dying of the Day had, like, Rosamund Pike, yeah. Toby Stevens. Now... Good actors, don't but get me wrong. household name. Not what, no. Well, it's Shannon Elizabeth. Now. Fresh off American Pie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Heidi Klum. Yeah. Big deal, married to Seal. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Platoon. You know. Spider-Man. Big deal. All of that. Yeah, Spider-Man just happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah, they like Rosamund Pike, Toby Stevens, great actors, but mm. nowhere near as established as the cast that they got for this Very amazing video game. Everything or nothing for the time had the better cast. <laughs> I don't think they've even seen the Bond movies. They've heard of the Bond movies, but they connect straight to the game because that's where their head is. Still, it's great. The game world, and they play all the games that are out there. And the Bond ones have always been the most successful. Ah, the old Q lab. It's just like coming home. You've got the cast. What they've done here is they've created the whole ensemble of a Bond movie within the world of video games. I've seen other people kind of go, but this time they've got my likeness and they've got my voice. It's lovely that, that Bond is really so loved and that it's out there on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, we're missing making a movie this year, so the, the game is there. Oh. Oh, there's a few things there. One... Please says we're missing making a movie this year. Yeah. Thinks they're gonna do another one. Oh, I never they gave didn't. <laughs> Brosnan says, ah, my likeness. <laughs> my likeness. <laughs> Who says my likeness? Also, you know, he says, 
I've seen other people do it, but now they've got my voice and my likeness. Yeah. He's aware of Bicknell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of your work, Mr. Bicknell. <laughs> He's like, all right, Bickers. I'm, I'm here now. Bickers, step aside. Um, <laughs> so he couldn't see it, or mm. hear it, rather. But Richard Keel. Mm. So Jaws is back. Because mm. in that in that clip there, it says yeah. that Richard Keel's in it. Yeah, he is. So Jaws is fighting Brosnan. Correct. Brilliant. Yeah. What more do you want? <laughs> so this game does feature return appearances from Jaws. And Diavolo is revealed to be the protege of A View to a Kill's Max Zorin, Christopher Walken's character, making Everything or Nothing a sequel to A View to a Kill. Amazing. Fan-pleasing nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, the game, also following on from Nightfire, uh, features a, a title song of its own performed by Maya. Oh, yeah. Maya? Yeah. Lady Marmalade? Yeah. Case of the X? Case of the X is great. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> uh, she also plays a character called Maya in the game. Uh, but this, I, I, I found out this, blew my mind, Everything or Nothing, the song, has the distinction of being the only song from a James Bond video game that was performed live, <laughs> with, with Maya performing a jazzier version of the, of the song on The Tonight Show with what? Jay Leno. <laughs> Made an effort. How did this happen? Uh. <laughs> Jay Leno. Performing the theme song from the new PlayStation 2 video game, James Bond 007, Everything or Nothing. Please welcome Maya. Bizarre. Are those your drums? I know it's not Leno. <laughs> Great. Maya. Amazing. Already better than Rita Coolidge. <laughs> you really got it in for Coolidge. Yeah. Oh, she was great, Maya. What happened to her? Mm. I don't think she's very well, actually, Maya. No? I heard she came down with something. Case of the X. <laughs> for a second, I was genuinely concerned. <laughs> concerned for Maya's well-being. Yeah. God, I miss the early noughties. Mm. Ah. So, again, talking about making an effort, you've got the cast. You've got Maya, a, pro a proper star doing a proper theme yeah, song. Yeah, Jay Leno and everything. Everything. You've got Leno on board. Uh, the the in-game music had like its own score, composed by uh, Sean Callery. Best oh, 24 Best thing. known for being the composer of 24! Even Callery did his own version of the Bond theme and everything. Proper. This is proper, this game. Again, going back to what I said about Agent on the Fire, <laughs> where it felt like the first time like an immersive Bond experience. This yeah. was like the ultimate yeah. immersive Bond experience. It's basically a film. Yeah. And, it, and it's a better film than some Bond films. <laughs> so everything about Everything or Nothing, the cast, the theme song, the music, the visuals, it had Hollywood blockbuster production values, and it was another huge step up for James Bond video games. Uh, but most importantly, because it yeah. is a game, it had inventive and exciting gameplay. All the trappings, that's fine, but it had great gameplay. There's an amazing section uh, where Bond on a motorbike has to chase and disable Jaws's tanker, which was properly exhilarating. <laughs> Here he is, Jaws. Here he is, If that truck is allowed to enter the city, there's no telling how many innocent people will die. You're our only hope, James. Ooh. 
Really good stuff. I might be drunk, but that was genuinely really exciting. Yeah, you yeah. laughed, you scoffed. Yeah. That was, it was a scoff when yeah. I said exhilarating, but really exciting stuff. But my favourite little little section of the game, yeah. uh, the highlight, was a section where uh, Bond is in free fall. Do you remember this? He has to uh, avoid obstacles yeah. to catch Serena, who has been thrown out of a helicopter. And this just felt like something you wouldn't see in another game. It felt like something uniquely Bond. Get stupid, but great. <laughs> this must have been impossible to complete. It was really hard. Nice. Oh, you just kept going until he caught her. Nice to catch up with you. Very good. So the only bad thing I would say about Everything or Nothing is that unlike its modern predecessors, uh, the game lacked a true deathmatch multiplayer mode, which was a popular staple <laughs> in Bond games ever since Goldeneye, of course. But Everything or Nothing received positive reviews. Good. I was worried you were going to say no, it. No. Oh. IGN said, EA shakes things up and gives us a fresh new perspective on how good Bond can be. Well, GameSpot called it a really great game. Perhaps the best James Bond game ever made. So easily, just... easily the best Bond game ever made. So if you're still angry that we didn't talk more about Goldeneye, <laughs> Everything or Nothing is better. I think it probably is. I, think it, I think it is. <laughs> but I know what you're thinking after last time. What do the lads mags have to say? Okay, yeah, what's, what's FHM got? Well, I've got, got Maxim for you. What Maxim do? Okay, yeah. Maxim gave it a perfect 10 yeah. and stated that players can race through a shitstorm of artillery fire in a Porsche Cayenne Turbo, complete with Q-Cloak invisibility feature or missile firing Triumph Daytona 600. Very good. ba 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 So. That's like Top Gear. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Of course it sounded like Top Gear. I was singing the Top Gear theme tune. Whilst I said it, I was like, he, he's just done the Top Gear theme. That's why he's... didn't need to say it. He's just done it. <sighs> so... Anyway. Those were my three favourite James yeah, Bond games. Age Under Fire and Night Fire. Yeah, everything good. or Nothing. Yeah. After that, it's fair to say that James Bond in video games never quite hit to the same lofty heights again. So in 2004... I'm already annoyed. annoyed. Goldeneye Rogue Agent was released. Do you remember this? No. It was a first-person shooter published by EA Games. Bore no relation to either the Goldeneye film or video game. Uh, do you want to guess why it's called Goldeneye? Just because it will sell copies? Well, yeah. No, but also because the game's protagonist has an actual golden eye, uh, which was a cybernetic replacement for his actual eye. Uh, the, pl- okay. the player takes the role of an ex-MI6 agent recruited by Auric Goldfinger to assassinate his rival, Dr. No, and featured other characters from the franchise, including Pussy Galore, Oddjob, Xenia Onatop, and Francisco Scaramanga. Uh, but it received a mixed reviews <laughs> for what was considered mediocre gameplay and the absence of the James Bond character. Then in 2005, now this was a rogue choice. Like, I'd love to have been in the meeting where they pitched this. Um, good, but like... What were you thinking? What were you thinking? A third-person shooter version of From Russia With Love. They were like, let's make a game out of From Russia With Love, of all games, of all movies. Um, It released on the GameCube, Xbox, PS2, and PSP. Um, And it's actually, as I say, pretty decent, even though it took some massive liberties with the original film's plot to make it more outrageously action-packed. And it features elements from later Connery Bond films, such as the Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger and the Jetpack from Thunderball. And it introduces new characters, including an additional Bond girl, Elizabeth Stark, the Prime Minister's daughter, voiced, obviously, by Natasha Bedingfield. What? She wants to have Bond's babies. She's serious. Like crazy. What? I've got this this ongoing thing, right, where justice for Daniel... 
like Daniel Bellis would just be a bigger deal mm. and Tasha comes along on his coattails and suddenly gets all these gigs <laughs> yeah she got a great gig being <laughs> voicing a Bond girl in the From Russia With Love game being romanced by an 80 year old Sean Connery so <laughs> this game was no- most notable for having Sean Connery return so to the role of Bond they convinced him to do this yeah and nothing else yeah he was back as Bond after 22 years but how old did he sound well this is it so it was the last time he would play the character, and indeed one of his final ever acting performances... I no idea this happened. Yeah. One of his final ever acting performances, presumably, unless he comes out of retirement. Um, but as you say, he sounded pretty old. And there is something slightly depressing about hearing an older Connery, much older, repeat his old dialogue. Because uh, he, he, he's 40 years older and he sounds it. Just use the original. You look surprised? My friends call me Tonya. Mine call me James Bond. Mine call me James Bond. Just like your photograph. You look even better than yours. Thank you, but I think my mouth is too big. (laughs) No, it's the right size. Oh dear. For me, that is. Uh... Has everything been arranged for tomorrow with the lector? Mm. Do we have to talk about that now? Yes. It's in the vault. I'll be waiting for you with the lock codes at 12.45 in the operations room. Well, I hope I haven't disappointed you. I will tell you in the morning. (laughs) You know the thing about from the trip, Michael Caine. Michael Caine talks like this in the 1960s, but over time that has changed. (laughs) And not doing the broken voice. But he gets very emotional. But same with Connery. So when he's young, Connery kind of, you know, he's like talking like this. And he's like, at what point does he actually start talking like everyone? He, he, he starts talking like a bad Sean Connery impression. Yeah. When yeah. did that happen? I don't know. 50, probably. So, specifically 50. So in 2006, EA announced a game based on the upcoming Casino Royale. Okay. Uh, with Daniel Craig. Nice. But they were unable to have it finished by the film's release in November. Long gone were the days when you could release a tie-in game two years after the movie came out, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so the game was cancelled, MGM lost millions in licensing fees, oh, no. and EA abandoned the James Bond license entirely in May of 2006. Mm-hmm. Activision, they released 007 Quantum of Solace in 2008. Oh. <laughs> no, what's that? Must have been a riot. Uh, that was released for uh, Microsoft Windows... Nintendo DS, PlayStation 2, PS3, Wii, and Xbox 360. Uh, it was a first-person shooter, uh, although also a third-person shooter on Nintendo DS and PS2. It received mixed reviews, and uh, the PS2 version was generally considered the best. Uh, in 2010, we had GoldenEye 007, which was a remake of the old N64 game, though bafflingly swapping Pierce Brosnan for Daniel Craig. So they just inserted Daniel Craig into GoldenEye. That makes no sense. Mm. But it was on the Wii, which I know you love. Uh, the Nintendo DS, the PS2, and the Xbox 360. And they're not as groundbreaking as the original. It actually received pretty good reviews. Okay. Uh, also in 2012 was Bloodstone, which was the first James Bond game since Everything or Nothing to have an original story. This was a third-person shooter for PC, Nintendo DS, PS3, and Xbox 360. 360? <laughs> Xbox 360. Uh, and it featured the voice and likenesses of... Daniel Craig. Okay, good. Judy Dench. And, following in the footsteps of Natasha Bedingfield, Joss Stone. Why? Fell in love with a Bond? Why are they, like, going out of their way to cast British soul singers? <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield, British soul I mean, singer. I it's, it's a stretch. 
Just down and Daniel Craig. What are you drinking? Just down does have a nice voice. Straight. I was never one for girly drinks. Bond, are you there? Yes, Sam. Right here. Nicole. Where is? Do you mind if Double O Seven and I speak privately for a moment? This is a need to know. Sure, I've got an album to cut. Just down. We can talk. What did you find out? We've translated all the documents you photographed in Pomarov's office this afternoon. It appears that most of them were invoices for highly sophisticated chemical manufacturing equipment. They were to be delivered to a defunct chemical refinery he's recently brought back online in Siberia. Never played Bloodstone, but it can't be any worse than Quantum of Solace. Can <laughs> right. uh, it received mixed to positive reviews. Okay. Um, so I won't go full, because mixed to positive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um... Activision's final Bond game was released to PS2, Xbox 360, PC and Wii U in 2012 to mark the 50th anniversary of the film series. 007 Legends featured missions based on Goldfinger, yeah. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Good idea. Moonraker, License to Kill, Dine of the Day and Skyfall. Dine of the Day, that was one of the ones they chose. That was the one they chose. Right. But interestingly, it incorporated the stories of these six films and retold them with an overarching narrative so uh, one Bond. that tied them all together. So Craig. It was Craig throughout. Okay. So you had sort of slightly old recreations of the old films. So right. I had like Daniel Craig with Diana Rigg. Um, but but in many ways, it was a step back from the previous game, Bloodstone. Because uh. although it featured Craig's likeness... Not his voice. Not his voice. Uh. Uh, with Timothy Watson in his place. And as I say, there's a kind of, again, an uncanny valley feel to some of these scenes where you have someone who looks like Diana Rigg talking to someone who looks like Daniel Craig... Neither of the actual voice actors <gasps> doing these slightly awkward recreations of classic Bond movie scenes. Okay, what bizarre scenario we've got ourselves in. Uh, like, like a nice idea, yeah. but the execution was flawed. Okay. I haven't given you a wedding present yet. I had an idea about that. Three girls. It's like Craig on a magic secret service. Please? <laughs> Not bad for a start. But in the modern Don't day. Me. Yeah. Now we have all the time in the world. No! Anyway, you have given me a wedding present. The best I could have. You think of like Rig and how well she does it. When you like people slag off Lazenby, yeah. he does that glass scene of on yeah. Resting Service. Great, it's Blofeld. It's Blofeld. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 007 Legend was slammed oh, really? by the critics. What a right, huh? IGN argued that it shoehorned iconic Bond moments into a cheap and poorly made Call of Duty clone, while Game Informer, Informer, Informer. they call 007 Legends a mess of a title that's uninspired at best, nearly broken at worst. <laughs> After this, Activision announced that it was stepping away from licensed titles, and the Bond game license has lain dormant ever since. So, that's this episode ending with a whimper, not a bang. Unlike most oh. Bond films, which end with a bang and a whimper. Oh, James. <laughs> Bond? <laughs> Bond? Bond? <laughs> every time. Every, every... Q going, huh? Bond? I can't... 
Oh. Where's, where's Bond? Dead, I imagine. Let's find out. What's he doing? Is Bond? He, is he making love to that oh, woman he, in the ocean again? He's shagging. Shagging at sea. Again? <laughs> Why are they surprised? I know, every time. Always shagging at sea. Uh, so that is it. Wow. I hope you enjoyed it. So nothing since then? Nothing since... Oh, do you want to rant? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just... I don't understand why no one's, like, taken the idea of the essence of Bond mm. and gone, right, let's let's make an effort. Like they did with Spider-Man. They did a really amazing mm. Spider-Man game, not based on any of the movies, an original guy playing mm. Spider-Man, and it's just set in the whole of New York, and it was brilliant. Do a Bond game... Wait... It doesn't. It doesn't need to be Daniel Craig. No. So an original guy yeah, playing playing fine. Bond. Who could you get? Yeah. Bring get, back Bicknell. Bicknell. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Bicknell. But but if whoever you get to play him, also do the likeness and the acting and everything. Don't just get one doing one and one. Do, it's weird. It's more effort. Yeah. Anyway, get do a proper Bond game mm. where it's like a open world game and yeah. it's like a GTA type thing and you're Bond and it could be in the sixties, could be now. It's an original story, or it could be... I don't know. Just just do it properly. Just do it. Just do it. But why has it never been a really, really, really good Bond game? I mean, there has. Apart from everything or nothing. But you know, and Goldeneye. Do you know what I mean? And, and the other two. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Right? No. But a, like, mo- a modern, a recent, yeah. open-world, brilliant, yeah. Uncharted-style yeah. Bond game. Well, it hasn't... Imagine the Uncharted engine with Bond. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you know what I mean? I'm actually a little bit aroused. That kind of thing. There, there hasn't been a Bond game at all. For almost a decade. Because these games are great, but they're all of very... Their, of their time. They're very level-based, and they're very, like, do you mm. know what I mean? It's like one bit into the next bit. It'd be great if they did it all prop in the way that games are made now, but mm. Bond. It'd be so good. I don't know why they haven't really do made... It, do it like that, <laughs> but Bond. But I don't know why no one's gone, we should do that. Well, some developers have said they want the Bond licence. Yes. So Telltale Games, Yes. they said they want the Bond licence, but then they obviously went bankrupt. Oh. Um <laughs> So people have talked about Naughty it. Naughty Dog. Give Naughty Dog the Bond licence and be bloody brilliant. And bring back Bignall. <laughs> if you must. Listen back to all 61 <laughs> of our previous missions at our website, twogeekstwobeers.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as it's known now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll find Two Geeks. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Do it. Do it literally right now. Yeah. You're, you're, we're, in, we're in your thoughts this second. There's nothing. So, there's nothing else good coming after yeah, this. Just, yeah. just stop listening now. Go, go. Yeah. Subscribe, rate, review right now. In fact, I think we should stay silent for the next ten seconds. Yeah, so I have to do it. Ready? Three, two, one. That's when you should have done it. If you didn't do it, <laughs> if you didn't do it, rewind, pause it then, and then do it. Yeah. Uh, social channels as well. Head over to at Two Geeks Cast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for special goodies here and there when we see fit. <laughs> <laughs> you can also <laughs> really had one beer I don't know. you can also find clips from episodes old and new on our YouTube channel uh, put two geeks two beers into YouTube and you'll find us yep. maybe send a friend a little sampler of one of your favourite two geeks moments we're also on Patreon where you can sponsor the podcast helping to fund our recording sessions our equipment all our money goes directly back into making the show and you'll get special bonus material exclusive Patreon only episodes outtakes and depending on how much you donate even a mini episode or full length episode that's exclusive to you wow that sounds great Tom I'd pay for that yeah well, scripted as well <laughs> you can also email us podcast at twogeekstwobeers.com uh, you visited James Bond this yeah, week yeah. Uh, maybe let us know if there's a past episode you'd like to see us follow up or maybe a topic that we've talked about previously that we could approach from a different angle yes podcast at twogeekstwobeers.com 
to play us out. Mm. What else could it be but the full studio version of Maya's Everything oh, or Nothing? I, I was really hoping this was going to... Yes. Yeah, good. Shit. Justice for Maya. Yeah. Shit's on Madonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. snowmobile chase and Bond's infiltration of a nuclear power plant crawling with snipers. Gonna have a piss. Keep that in. <laughs>